You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So today I want to share a message with you, a faith-filled future. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith-filled future. Faith-filled future. You know, we love to quote Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts you have towards me, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give me a future and a hope. How many of you know that scripture? How many of you love to quote that scripture? Let me see. How many of you still believe it with all your heart? Amen. Well, I want to talk about faith today. Because sometimes faith is this mystical thing. It's this thing that we think cannot be obtained. And I want to show you from the Word of God how you can activate your faith. Faith is it's just a lifestyle of trusting God in everything that you do. Faith is just a lifestyle of trusting God in everything that you do. Faith is expecting Jesus Christ to do what He promised. So I want to leave that just with you, and we're going to talk about faith. Turn to the person next to you, look at them in the eyes, and say to them, whether you like it or not, faith is something you have. Turn to the person on the other side and say to them, I'm just going to repeat it one more time. Turn to them, say, I'm just going to repeat it one more time. Whether you like it or not, faith is something you have. Because sometimes people think, I don't have faith for a situation. But I want to tell you that faith is something that you have. Faith is never the problem. Faith is never the problem. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says that we've been saved by grace through faith. So where did you get the faith to get saved if you didn't know God, if you were not linked up with God? Colossians 1 27, it's part of what we declared. Jesus Christ on the inside of us. The word that became flesh. Mustard seed faith deposited on the inside of mankind. So that anybody can be saved. Doesn't matter if it was a mountain of sin. That mustard seed can remove it. Amen? So whether you like it or not, faith is something you have. And you'll never be able to say, I don't have faith. Your faith can increase and you can let your faith grow. But there's a deposit of faith there on the inside and you can activate that. Amen. So let's look at faith. Turn to the person next to you and say faith. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to take some time to look at faith. To reset your faith. To activate your faith. So you'll be ready to step out and start to do unusual things. Amen? Hebrews 11 verse 1. The Bible says, now faith is. So let me just say one thing about faith. Faith acts now. Now faith is. So if there's faith in a person's heart, you'll always see the words now or immediately or early. There's always action now. Amen? When it comes to faith. Now faith is the substance. What is the substance? The substance is 
It's the title deed. It's this confidence. It's this assurance. A matter of fact, the substance is Jesus Christ himself. So we can have faith because Jesus Christ came. We can have faith because the word manifested and we could see its glory. Amen? So it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith is something you have. This substance is the assurance. It's the, it's the reality. Has God given you a promise? Let me see your hand if God has given you a promise. Are you still in faith trusting for that promise? Okay, great stuff. So, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is always now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. But hope is always in the future. Amen? So while you are waiting for the promise, remain in faith. Thanking God right now that you have it. The thing that you've not seen yet manifest, are you thanking God for it as if you've received it? Because remember, faith sees the invisible, it believes the impossible, and it receives the incredible. So by faith, what God has promised you, it's yours. Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus still going to die on the cross, or do you believe Jesus has died on the cross? He died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he died for all fundamental problems, to solve all fundamental problems. So whatever we are trusting God for, promises from his word, he has done it. That's the substance. That's the substance. Wait with me. Hold on. We're going on. Let's read on. For by it, elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So everything that you see was made by the word of God. A matter of fact, when you read Genesis 1 verse 3, and God said, let there be light. That first light that was spoken into existence was the light of the world, God himself, Jesus. Because day and night is only in verse 5, light and darkness that was separated. So even God created by speaking words. Let me just say this. Sometimes we want to speak words, but the Holy Spirit is not on the scene. Even God himself in Genesis 1 verse 2, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And then verse 3, he said, let there be light. So not even God the Father spoke one word into existence until the Holy Spirit was on the scene. There's a whole sermon just in that for you. Sometimes we are saying things in our own strength, by our flesh, and not by the Spirit of God. But if we're going to walk by faith, that faith comes from the regenerated spirit of man. Let's go on. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm here to reset my faith. Let's go to verse 5. I mean, I'm sure most of you can quote verse 6. 
that without faith it's impossible to please God. But let's look at verse 5. It says, My faith, Enoch, was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had the testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Do you want to be a God pleaser? Do you know why Enoch pleased God? The Bible said he walked faithfully with God. Faithfully with God. So one of the ways that we know that somebody is in faith, they're faithful. Amen? A faithful person is in faith. When the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith, what parable did he teach them? He taught them the parable about being faithful. Turn to the person next to you and say, do you want your faith to increase? Become more faithful. Let me tell you something. Ordinary ushers just serving. Hostesses serving. Children church people serving. Media people serving. That you think is an ordinary thing to do. That faithfulness releases faith. Amen. Let's go on, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we, we cannot please him if we don't have hope in the substance who is Jesus Christ himself. So if you want to please God, how do we do it? Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So if you want faith or you need faith, all that you have to do is you look to Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So if you want your faith to increase, all you have to do is Open your Bible, read Scripture, and you'll see that faith of yours will start to increase. As a matter of fact, the more time you spend in the Word, who is Jesus, the more Christ Himself will be formed on the inside of you. Verse 7, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. So when there's faith in the heart of a person, you'll see godly fear. To fear God is not to be scared of God, it's to hate sin. What does the Bible say in Romans 14, verse 23? Everything that's not of faith is sin. Amen? So it's required of us to remain in faith at all times. Verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed. By faith Abraham obeyed. Can I submit to you just from this scripture? That for Abraham, the proof of his faith was his obedience. The proof of his faith was his obedience. So if you want to know if you will have a faithful future, are you obedient to God? Have you purposed in your heart to be obedient to the Word of God in the future? Because the proof of our faith lies in the obedience. If we as Christians want to be ready, remember Jesus himself said, when the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith upon the earth? 
I mean, when you think about that, God has deposited faith on the inside of us. And he said, when I return, will I really find faith? Will I find people focusing upon me, or will their focus be on other things? Will their focus be on situations and circumstances, things going on around, or will their focus be on me? And that is the purpose why we are here, is to teach you by faith, about faith, so that you can be in faith. That when Jesus returns, he says, wow, look at this church, they're in faith. This church is pleasing me. A lifestyle of trusting God in everything that we do. Can I just say this? Abraham, I mean, when you study him, his obedience was really to the next level. I mean, God gives him the promise, Isaac, gives him the promise, and then God comes and tests his love to see Does he love Isaac, the gift, more than the giver? Have you read Genesis 22? Has God given you a promise? You've seen it manifest, and now God says, I want it. Raise your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Have you gone through a challenge like that? Well, faith is always nice to talk about afterwards. But when you're in that situation, sometimes it's a bit challenging. It's always nice afterwards to say, you know, I just got up early the next morning with Isaac, and we went up the mountain. I told the servants, we are going to worship God. And when we got there, I thought, my son's going to die now. And then lo and behold, God did a miracle. He said, not your son, I'll provide the ram. And it was there. And it's nice to give that testimony afterwards, but when you're in it, sometimes you have to hold on to God, knowing that He's faithful. Amen? Let me show you here. This is one of my favorite parts. Go to verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received. How did she receive? Because she judged Him faithful who had promised She judged him faithful who had promised. Do you know what I like about this? When you go back and you read, you can actually see that she had very little faith. She had very little faith. So whether you have little faith or a lot of faith, that's not the issue. The issue is do you trust him and count him, judge him to be faithful? When he's given you a promise, do you think he'll change his mind and not do it anymore? That's the real issue. Am I talking to the right people here? Turn to the person next to you and say, I have to share this with somebody I know. Say, my faith is okay, but I have to share this with somebody else. Family, listen to me. Sometimes we say, oh, I don't have faith. She didn't have faith. She had very little faith. A matter of fact, she... Let me do something. Marius and Nana just come here quickly. My mother in grace. Let's just see their response quickly. Just come up here. I want you to look at their faces now. I've got a word for them. 
This series, this is a word from God. You are going to give birth to a child a year from now. Oh my God. <laughs> See how she's laughing. <laughs> That's exactly what Sarah did. That's exactly what. <laughs> okay, go have a seat. You can go have your seat again, I mean. That's not really a word, okay? That's not really a word. <laughs> Faith is never the problem. The substance is never the problem. What Jesus did on the cross is never the problem. Is will you believe it? Will you believe it? So even, I mean, Sarah was older than my mother in grace. When the angel came and said, you're going to have a child. And when you go to Genesis 18, she laughed. She laughed. <laughs> really? <laughs> and some of the promises God has given you, people have laughed at you and you yourself have laughed. Am I talking to the right people here? A matter of fact, what actually happened there is, then she started arguing with God who can see the heart of man and said, no, I didn't laugh. And then he says, no, 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 but you did laugh. <laughs> can I tell you something about faith when it's in God, whether it's a lot or whether it's little, whether you've laughed and thought it can never happen. What was God's response there? He said, is anything too difficult? Is anything too hard for God? That's what he said. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for God? So I want to tell you today, you might look at your situation like Sarah and Abraham, that from a natural point of view, the Bible says both their bodies were dead. Nothing worked on his side and nothing worked on her side for them to be able to have children. And God says, you're going to have a child. The Bible says she started reasoning with God and said, no, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. I don't know, it doesn't say if she was afraid of God or if she was afraid to have a child at that age. I mean, I, I would just think, if you had to give birth to a child, even my wife is just shaking her head. <laughs> You're not ready for another sister, my wife. <laughs> Whether our faith is big or small, it's never the issue. If God has promised Will he lie and change? That's the issue. But even if your faith is little and you count him faithful, if you have to ask Sarah, what can you teach us about faith? She'll say to you that he who promised is faithful to do it. And that is faith. Trusting God that what he has promised he will do. 
The only question that we should really ask is, do you believe it? Do you believe that that situation that looks like it can never change, do you believe that it can change? Holding fast to the promise of God, holding fast to the word of God, and let God sort the problems out. When God has made a promise and he said he will do it, we don't have to do it. Remember when Sarah got to a place and she said, I think I have to help God just with the faith part of making this happen. And Isaac had a brother, an older brother. Actually, in that whole context, the older brother, Ishmael, speaks about the law. The stronger one, the one who gets everything right. Whereas Isaac is a child of promise by grace. And you always see the law trying to bully grace, intimidate grace, push grace down. Where God says, my covenant, my promise is here with Isaac. By grace. Amen. So faith is just holding on to what God has promised. Turn with me to, see I'm looking for my glasses, amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Romans, Romans 4. Remember what I said, if you, if you had to ask Sarah what is faith, she would say, it's counting him faithful that he will do what he promised. For Abraham, faith was being obedient. The proof of his faith was his obedience. I want to say for many of you to start to walk in faith, you're going to have to just step out and start to forgive people that have hurt you. Can I have one amen? amen. For some of you, it is to, to start to forgive. For, for others, it's actually starting to give. For others, it's just to start to serve. Just to be obedient to what God has placed in your heart. Look at Romans 4 verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So every work of faith, if you have strong faith, it's a work of grace. It's because of the grace of God. Amen? So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Abraham said, I believe God. I believe what he has said to me. I don't really want to go back to Melchizedek when he met with him there. Prince of Peace, brought out bread, brought out wine, explained to him the message of salvation, redemption. Abraham had a full understanding of this gospel, that somebody would come and die for us. Somebody would be raised from the dead. He had that revelation and understanding. That's why when God asked him to sacrifice his son, to kill his son, the Bible said he counted him faithful, knowing that even if he has to kill his son, he knows that God can raise him from the dead. 
So he had understanding and revelation of that. So he believed that message. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. Do you want strong faith? Here's the key. He did not consider his own body. He did not look at the natural circumstances. Already dead since he was about 100 years old. So Nana, we should wait another few decades before we can give you this word. (laughs) Then it will be real faith. Amen. (laughs) He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. When you believe, you'll start to obey. When you believe, you'll start to say it. If you believe it, if you are fully persuaded and it's in your heart, you'll start to say it because out of the abundance of a person's heart, the mouth speaks. The faith that changes people's lives, that's a grace. That's according to grace. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We believed... And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what it's written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. If you believe it, say it. If you believe it and you are fully persuaded, start to say it. Even though it's not manifested, start thanking God. The Bible said not being weakened in faith, he started giving thanks to God, glorifying God, magnifying God. In his situation, whereas there was nothing yet. That's faith, because faith acts now, faith believes now, and faith receives now. If you believe that he who promised is faithful, then say it. Confess it. Family, listen to me. You first think it, then you say it, then you do it. You don't just step out and start doing it. You start thinking about it. Start thinking about it. Amen? You first think faith. Then you confess faith. Then you act faith. You first think faith. So you have to spend time in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You read this. Start seeing that all things are possible. Start seeing that God has blessed you with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Start seeing that God is with you wherever you go. Start seeing wherever you place your feet, God has given it to you. Now you start walking differently. Start sharing with people, I know God is with me. I know God is going to go before me. And then you start to act faith, walk. You know, faith has got an attitude. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith has got an attitude. Like the world has got an attitude, like demons has got an attitude, faith has got an attitude that says all things are possible. 
Let me tell you something. Negative thoughts will come. The mere fact that you have faith in your heart does not mean negative thoughts won't come. Negative thoughts will come. Turn to the person next to you and say, alert, I'm warning you, even if you have strong faith, negative thoughts will come. So negative thoughts will come. What do you have to do? You have to replace those negative thoughts immediately with the Word of God. When the enemy comes and he tells you that you're going to go under, you immediately have to replace it with the Word of God and says, no, the Word of God says, I'm going over, I'm not going under. When he says, you're the tail, you say, no, I'm not the tail. The Word of God says, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. If you find yourself right now in a prison or in a pit like Joseph, you need to say, I know where I belong. I don't belong in this pit. I belong in the palace. And that's your confession. Amen? I mean, it was 12 spies that went into the promised land. Only two of them confessed what they believed. The 10 others confessed what they saw. These giants, these high walls, there's big trouble. We cannot go in there. But two said, we be well able. If God said we can go in and God goes with us, we can do it. David and Goliath, they confessed exactly the same thing. They confessed the same thing. But David was in covenant with God. David believed what he said. David found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus, whereas Goliath was in the realm of defeat and failure. When the giants shouted and said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to chop off your head, and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. David said to him, I've got news for you. You think you've come against me. You've not come against me. You've come against my God. Let me tell you how it's going to work. I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to chop your head off. And I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. And when he spoke those words, that the backing of the Holy Spirit, his confession gave him possession. Amen. What have you been confessing about your situation? Your faith can never rise above your confession. Your faith can never rise above your confession. A matter of fact, your life will never rise above your confession. If you're always battling with neg negative thoughts and looking and saying, nothing works out. Nothing works out. Why are you complaining when nothing works out? The one that I grew up in my family with, they love to confess and say, how's it going? No, the devil is loose in my life. What? Why do you want to confess that? Just immediately say, Jesus, forgive me, because I know I've said that as well. <laughs> Am I talking to the right people? Sometimes we curse ourselves. Instead of saying, I'm highly favored. I'm the blessed of the Lord. God is busy perfecting everything concerning me. The light of his favor is shining upon my ways. Oh, the devil is loose. Then bind him. Amen. God has given us the keys. <laughs> a matter of fact, I think sometimes people are binding the devil. If the devil is in your house, he's loose. Don't bind him in your house because then he's staying in your house. Amen. That's when you have to loose him and say, I'll loose you. Get out of my house. Amen. And go and never return. 
Some of you have been binding the devil in your house. And you wonder why there's so many things going wrong. Loose him. Say, I'll loose you from this house. Now go. Amen? Maybe I must teach a little bit on loosing and binding. Sometimes we loose the wrong things and we bind the wrong things. Amen? Bind yourself to the will of God. Amen? His perfect will. Let me just say this. Thoughts will come and go. Amen? Negative thoughts might persist. Have you had negative thoughts push against you? So let me give you advice. Those negative thoughts can come and push against your mind, attacking your mind. Don't say them. Don't say them. If you confess them and you start to declare them, they have power. That's what the enemy wants. Because when you say something and it's got your heart's full agreement, that's when faith is released. That's when there's power in what you say. Let's just go to the negative part quickly. You're going to understand. Have you ever been so angry with somebody? You shouted at them. I never want to see you in my entire life again. Stay away, go away, and never come back. And you've never seen that person ever again. Don't raise your hands, just double blink at me. That is a confession that comes from a heart that gives its full agreement that releases power, and you've disconnected from that person. Faith, positive faith works exactly the same. When your confession has your heart's full agreement, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I believe that he has died and that he rose from the dead. For with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation, but with your heart you believe unto righteousness. When you confess that and you believe it, what happens? You get born again. You're born from above. Many people say, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. But they never believe in their hearts that God has made them righteous. And they live as convinced Christians from here and not converted from here. Faith is not something from the mind. Faith is something from the recreated spirit of man. Do you want to do the test to see if you're living under the law or under grace? Very easy. How many times a day do you feel condemned? Because he who is in Christ Jesus, Romans 8 says, there's no condemnation for him who is in Christ Jesus. By faith, start to confess what you believe. Make that confession. Amen? Let me close. Let's go to Mark 9. Am I helping some of you here? Turn to the person next to you say, faith is something you have, whether you like it or not. In Mark 9 is the story about a desperate father who comes to Jesus. He comes to the disciples and he says, please help. Please help this, this child of mine. And they cannot do it. 
And he says to them, he answered them, he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Saying to them, how is it that you can be faithless if I am here, the substance, the guarantee, the surety of your faith? He says, why are you without faith? Am I talking to the right people here? Now he brings, the dad runs to Jesus and he says, help, 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 help. Let's read here. Jesus says to him in verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can just have faith, all things are possible to him who has faith. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that. It says, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Why? Because the man has got faith. Faith is not the issue. It's the believing part that's the issue. Am I talking to the right people here? Faith is not, the substance is here in front of him. Look at what the man says. I love this. Immediately. What does that mean? Immediately means he's got faith. Because faith acts now, faith believes now, faith receives now. It says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. What is he saying? He's saying, I believe you can heal. I just don't believe that you'll do, want to do it for me. Because I'm sure you know what I did this week. I'm sure you know what kind of a person I am. Am I talking to the right people here? Romans 8 says, Therefore, when you are in Christ, Jesus, there's no condemnation. Jesus is saying to him, I'm ready here to help you. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Let me tell you something. You can have little faith. You can believe that God wants to do it for somebody else, but not for you. And when you come to Jesus in humility and sincerity of heart and say, Lord, help my unbelief, guess what Jesus is going to do? He's going to help your unbelief. That's our Jesus. Give the Lord a hand. So whether you have little faith or a lot of faith, when you come to Jesus and you say, I believe you can do it, I'm just not sure you want to do it for me. When you come and you say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, he's still going to help you. For Abraham, faith was being obedient. His obedience was the proof of his faith. For Enoch, it was being faithfully walking with God. For Sarah, it was counting him faithful that what he had promised, he will do it, whether I have little faith or big faith. For Noah, it was the fear of the Lord. When God said something, he obeyed. I want to say, find your own way before God. But look at what these men did. Look at these examples here. And start to do those things and apply those things in your own life so that you can become 
a woman of faith, a man of faith, that we can be a church of faith. Isaiah said the following, Isaiah 53, he said, whose report will you believe? Whose report will you, will you really believe this? Will you believe that Jesus died? He said he was bruised, he was smitten, he was chastised, by his stripes we are healed. He said, will you believe this report? That somebody has paid the price in full. He has given us a guarantee and a surety that his blood is speaking for us. Do you believe that? He says, if you believe that, then start to act it. Start to take action when it comes to those kind of things. When it comes to faith, today is Communion Sunday. I think we've handed out the communion. Today is Communion Sunday. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, every time we have communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. We are reminding ourselves that He's done it. Every time we're reminding ourselves that Jesus paid the price. Whatever you are trusting God for, He's done it. Whether you have little faith or a lot of faith. I want to say whether you are drinking a whole cup full or eating a whole loaf doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you put your faith in Jesus Christ that He has done it. Counting Him faithful when He asks you to do something to be obedient. When you take that small step you are demonstrating your faith. When you make a decision just to take one small step of faith, you'll see what God will do. When God asked Abraham to step out, it was the look of faith that changed everything. When the promised land was divided between him and Lot, Lot looked through these natural eyes and saw everything that was beautiful. And he said, I want that. But it's when Abraham lifted his eyes, the look of faith, God said, that's the land that I'm giving you. Jesus, when he spoke to his disciples, he said, from a natural point of view, you say the harvest is only coming in three months from now. I want to tell you, lift up your eyes and see the harvest is ready now. Faith brings that which is far away closer immediately. We can have it because of what Jesus did on the cross makes all things possible for us. Not whether you have big faith or little faith. Even when you feel like you're believing and you think, I don't know if you want to... When you come in humility and sincerity of heart before God, He's still going to do it for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.